Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I'm Sam Rosenberg. You know I'm back with Shaka Shervington. Whole lot happened this past weekend. Um, divisional weekend. Sadly, it went pretty much to chalk. There, I was hoping for some surprises. There weren't nearly as many surprises as as I thought there may be. I was expecting a little bit more exciting football, but sadly there wasn't. But even though all of this happened, we have to come back to Shaka and ask the most important question, which is, how's Ezra doing? Well, man's good. Um, I was just saying to Sam off the uh, off the air that we just threw him in a tub, which still looks every now and then to me just hilarious because he looks like we're trying to drown him. <laughs> and the only time you you know sometimes it's hard to get him to make eye contact because it's just a baby and they can't really focus on anything. Right. But you better believe when he's in the tub. His hands are grabbing yours, like, all the motor skills are there, and his eyes are locked on yours, like, you better not fucking drop me. (laughs) Like, what the hell is this? It's like, I'm putting my life in your hands, don't make me disappointed. (laughs) This is freaking me out, man. But good times in this household. Well, good. Good, I'm glad he's doing well, and I'm glad he's progressing nicely. Uh, Dude, let's unpack what happened. Um, I think, you know, I think... Okay, so all of the all the bye week teams won. The number one and number two seeds are going into the conference championship games this weekend. Everything went to chalk. Um, I really kind of wish there was a little bit more excitement like we had with Wild Card Weekend. Um, but let's just, I think the most exciting game that, that we saw, at least in my opinion, was the Eagles-Saints game. Let's start there. Yeah. Let's unpack that. Um, so aside from the fact that... Big Dick Nick was swinging all over the place before this game. There was a whole lot of excitement. And, you know, this is very much, maybe it's not a a sports thing, but it's a football thing, man. We get just onto the flavor of the week at any given time, and all of a sudden that's the hottest shit around until the next week when something else changes. And I feel like the NFL, you know, fan base as a whole really kind of got hooked on Nick Foles and the excitement and the magic and the everything about it. Uh, but... Listen, he goes down, he loses, you know, there's clearly an understanding this is probably his last game as an Eagle. He's probably going to get traded or signed next uh, during this offseason. But to really unpack this game, I'm just going to break it down real fast for you, okay? The Eagles came out hot. They had a great first quarter. Uh, they play, They made a couple of huge defensive plays, and they went up 14-0 very quickly. You know, Saints had possession first. Drew Brees throws a pick on the very first play of the game. It was beautiful. It was a nice play by Avante Maddox. And then Eagles go down the field, score a touchdown. You know, Saints get a three and out. Eagles go back down the field, score a touchdown. Then essentially the Eagles were just out of ammo. There was nothing else left. And the entire rest of the game was all Saints. Drew Brees was able to do whatever the hell he wanted. Um, you know, the, the Saints couldn't get the run game going. There wasn't really much of a Camara or a Mark Ingram. Didn't matter. Michael Thomas annihilated the, the Eagles secondary and the Saints were able to take advantage of the Eagles secondary unlike the Bears which couldn't do that last week so I want to hear some thoughts from you on the game I certainly have plenty of thoughts but you know that was the initial takeaway was to see the Eagles go up 14-0 and then to see them lose 20-14 to with just 20 unanswered points and it probably should have been more points um yeah tell me what you saw from this game Shaka all right, I'm trying to think of where to start. I think probably the best summary of this game, though, probably has to do with that one um, series the Saints had, the 18-play 18, 18 drive. Yes, yes, where they I had mean, the ball for 11 and a half minutes in the third quarter. This summed up, I mean, really, this, uh, the in, uh, inevitable. I mean, the Eagles, 
uh, going into this, obviously, with the underdogs. And, I mean, just the way the game started, when they came out punching, you know, and really going at the Saints team, you just had in your mind that at some point the Saints are going to strike back. And they did. And slowly but surely, you could just see – it was almost like an arm wrestling match. And you could see, you know, where you come out with a little momentum and you almost got them pinned. And then that arm just comes right back the other direction. You could just see, like, the, the struggle. And just knowing, man, this is not going to end the way you thought it is. Yeah. Um, but credits that Eagles defense because, I mean, all game they're battling against one of the, I mean, best offensive terrors we've had in the last 20 years of football in Drew Brees. Um, and it was just amazing to see. The man really, when you think about it, as one really uh, just absolute threat at wide receiver in Michael Thomas because uh, Ted Ginn Jr.'s best days are behind him. Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, else really on that team except for Kamara who I still look at as a running back with wide receiver talent but he's got one effectively one wide receiver and he's been doing all this damage with it. remember earlier in the season they're trying to bring pieces in they're trying to bring in a Des Bryant you know they brought in um god what's this guy's name uh from the Seahawks the wide receiver who came in I mean got cut before he oh, oh, oh uh Brandon Marshall Brandon Marshall I mean, they brought in all these guys to try to get them into the rhythm with the Saints team, and you're thinking, man, why would you cut someone like that? He could definitely do something for you offensively. But uh, they've somehow made it work. They've somehow made it work with a guy who got 16 targets in this game and got exactly what he wanted down the field. Now, I will say one of the biggest um, problems that the, the Eagles had was when Fletcher Cox went down with that brief injury and he was out for Yeah, um, I totally uh, agree. When he went out of the game, you clearly saw that the Saints were able to do so much more on offense. It changed because they definitely couldn't really get the running game established. And, I, I, again, hats off to the Eagles for really, I mean, not laying down in this one. Um, I, I think Nick Foles only made one legit mistake in that interception. The second one towards the end of the game was, uh, God, I feel so bad for Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I one. feel bad for all of them. That was just, it's it's he's hard. Been, I, I can't so blame any of them for that. He's been so dependable for that Eagles team. I mean, in terms of getting clutch third down plays and just really moving the chains, that that one, you know, he's he's going to be thinking about that one forever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's a rough go, but this is kind of what we expected. This is the um, probably the first time the Saints have won without really putting up big numbers on a team. But this one was just a battle. I agree. I, and again, you know, one of the more exciting games of the weekend, um, you know, considering the turnovers that the Saints had, considering how effective the Eagles' defense was during stretches of the game, it's, like I said, it's impressive they didn't put up more points. Um, right. I have to give a lot of credit to the Saints' defense. You know, I think for years their defense has been a laughing stock, but they turned it on last year. And this year, you know, for as up and down as they've been, I mean, this defense really showed up at the right time. I, I think, you know, was it Marcus Marshawn Lattimore? It was Marshawn Lattimore. He had both interceptions. Yeah, he did. Yep. I, I mean, they really just stepped up at the right time. Uh, you you saw the Eagles couldn't get anything going on the run game themselves. I, I mean, it really sort of, you saw this true Eagles team from this season kind of come out. And I think it showed that last week was you know, a great matchup for the Eagles with the Bears. And the Bears yeah. were a team that, you know, in some regard were very exciting, but were not fully ready for prime time. Whereas, I mean, the Saints just slowly came all the way back and took apart this Eagles team. And, I mean, no way, no better way to articulate it than that drive in the third quarter where they, it was, you know, I'm looking, 18 plays. 
18 plays in 11 and a half minutes. I mean, that is bonkers. And you know, you know what bookended that possession was a three and out by the Eagles and a three and out by the Eagles. I mean, I can't make that up. And, you know, not being able to do anything from a run perspective, you know, not being able to, like, there were some great passes to Zach Ertz where just, I mean, the defense played spectacularly. Yeah, you couldn't really, I mean, uh, again, uh, we've we've kind of seen the Saints defense come and go this season. But uh, especially in this game, they really showed up. They really, I mean, even Eli Apple, who had a couple times downfield where he had to really be in coverage. And um, I remember this one particular, I think it was a third down, they tried to pass the Golden Tate. And Eli Apple was all over him. I mean, hands then, he didn't let Tate get a clean catch, everything. I mean, they just really... They really came to fight, and they made uh, Philly just earn every single down that they got. Yeah. So I, I, I really, I mean, when you think about it in terms of you got a backup quarterback as your starter, your running backs are all injured out for the season, and they still managed to stay in this game until the very until the very end when Kamara had that one run that kind of just killed yeah. killed the clock. Yeah. The yeah. So. I, I'm, I'm. It's still an, a major accomplishment, and I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of Cowboys fans out there, Giants and Redskins fans who, you know, said, "Hey, you know, finally, you Eagles fans talking trash and sit down." I mean, when you think about what they've accomplished and how far they've made it, you know, with so many pieces missing, so many injuries, the defense really, I mean, being second and third string guys, it's it's really incredible. I was. I'm hats off to the Eagles. I, I think that. Considering the way they played this season, considering, in my opinion, how you know how disappointing some of their play was, it was really remarkable to see this playoff run. I'm very pleased with how things went. I'm, you know, I have I had friends of mine who were like, "Do you blame? Are you mad at Alshon Jeffrey?" No, I'm not. No, you can't guy, be. The guy's been stellar all year. Won a Super Bowl last year. I mean, listen, you're gonna have heartbreaking moments like that. Yeah, I there's really, and, and even then, it's there was still a. It's still quite the mountain to climb with uh, the Saints' defense. So even if Jeffrey had made that catch, it's still, you know, they hadn't put up any points since the first quarter. Yeah. So it was it was really a test to see where they're going to be able to come up with another big clutch performance. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Let's move on. So I want to stay in the NFC because I want to I want to butter this up to the NFC Championship preview. So yeah. Cowboys lose to the Rams. And I mean that was a pretty. I, I I don't think that game was as exciting as um, the, the Saints score. Eagles game, but I mean because I really feel like the Rams kind of took control of that game pretty early. Yeah. Um, the score is a little bit deceptive as to just really the the flow and the momentum of that game. Yeah, overall. I mean it was all Rams all day, and specifically the run game. Uh, I yes. mean it really tells you how innovative that offense is that they were able to run so roughshod over this Cowboys defense that had that had been good at stopping the run, that had been playing well, that has fast, strong linebackers with Leighton Van Der Esch. I, I mean, to then see a guy like C.J. Anderson, who was, who was listen, he was with the Panthers for most of the year. They cut him in December. The only reason the Rams had him out there is because Malcolm Brown got hurt in the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. he and Todd Gurley did whatever the fuck they wanted to do. They had plenty of space to run. I mean, there were holes the size of, of mountains and trucks that they were running through with the defensive line. And, you know, it, it almost hides the fact that, that Jared Goff didn't really need to do – he didn't play particularly well, but he didn't need to. I mean, the, the running game was was dominating in this game. And I, 
I mean, that's where, again, it was another moment where it felt like the Saints showing us that the Eagles are really not as good a team and the Saints are a championship-caliber team. This was another moment where it's like, oh, the Rams are a championship-caliber team and the Cowboys just are not. I think um, I think you touched – I'm going to touch on a point that you actually bring up there with Jared Goff um, not really needing to shoulder a load. And I think that was very necessary for him, especially, um, as I said last week, that he'd had, you know – kind of some ups and downs, especially some notable downs in the last few weeks lead up towards the end of the season. And I think he really just needed to kind of be reminded that, you know, he's got an arsenal of weapons around him. Uh, And to see C.J. Anderson coming out of nowhere and and just being another tool in the tool shed uh, was pretty great. You look at it, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, and Brandon Cooks all got running um, plays called for them too. So I I think credit to Sean McVay for seeing – a flaw in the Cowboys defense and just really punching, you know, they, they, they punched they 48 rushing attempts. Yeah. 48 rushing attempts. For 273 is, rushing yards on the day. I mean, holy shit. I mean, it's just saying, yes, we're going to call this and do your worst to stop it. So I, I mean, and I think also we have to give credit that Cowboys secondary is pretty good and it gave Drew Brees a lot of trouble. So all the more reason not to really kind of rely on, Jared Goff when you don't need to. Right. You've got Todd Gurley in the tuck. You've got C.J. Anderson, who had a great rushing um, game the week before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, why would you need to risk having Goff make big touchdown throws when you can just run it down their throats? Yeah. So I, I think Sean McVay knew what he was, th- he was doing. And I think this helps build up Jared Goff's confidence going forward when they do need to call some running plays um, that he'll you know not feel like he needs to do everything himself. I mean, was there anything that the Cowboys could have done here better? I am I mean, I really struggle. I just think that they were not able to convert very much on third downs. I feel like they couldn't get anything really going. Like it was, again, with the Eagles, it was just so apparent, you know, how over their heads there were they were yeah. that, I mean, it just really felt like, oh, well, you know, that was a fun run, but, you know, let's let's get serious here. The Rams are looking to win a title. I think realistically, um, for the Rams' defense, everything came together with all these questions where we're saying, you know, this defense is supposed to be highly touted. They're supposed to be pretty good, but we hadn't seen anything indicative that said, hey, man, these guys are absolutely stellar. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Abu Talib is back. Um, you had all these guys, and Damakasu up front. You know, all these guys who are supposed to be, you know, just dominant players. And realistically, like I said, the score doesn't really um, dictate what happened, but. The, the secondary came out. They made a lot of throws to Dak Prescott difficult. Um, granted, uh, Gallup had a big game. Yeah, he um, did. I mean, Amari Cooper Elliott looked pretty good, too. Really get the ball going. Ezekiel Elliott really did not get anything going. I mean, they didn't really try. Uh, they tried five screen passes, and they only got two through to him. Um, just saying that, they were putting a lot of pressure on that front line, and they really forced the ball into Dak Prescott's hands to make the difference. And we all know that is not how the Cowboys offense has been rolling all season. Right. It's mostly been an operation where Ezekiel Elliott takes the lead. And once you force the defense to play for him, then you can open up the passing game. And they just really did not allow that to happen. Do you? F- okay. So let's talk about this Saints Rams game now, because that's, that's where we're at. That's that's really the truth and the guts of the situation. Yeah. Is this feels like it's been on a collision course since probably the first time they played each other. I mean, they they had that game earlier in the season where the Saints and the Rams played each other. They were already hot at that time. Yep. Now we go into this. So the, it's going to be in New Orleans. It's going to be you know now. Jared Goff doesn't have to go to cold weather. That's not going to be the situation. He's going to play in a dome. 
However, what do you see coming out of this game? Like, is this going to be a high-scoring affair, or are we seeing something where we might see these two high-powered offenses need to grind out a game and maybe finish it with like a 26-23 final, or is it going to be something like, you know, 43 to, to, to 39 or something like that? What are you thinking with this game? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm being completely honest, this is probably the hardest pick I'm going to make for the entire season, including the Super Bowl, whatever that ends up being. This is probably going to be the hardest game for me to call in terms of who's got the advantage over who. Because like I said before, New Orleans Saints really only have one wide receiver. Um, Granted, that one wide receiver has Drew Brees as the quarterback to throw to him. And as you can tell, I mean, if Drew Brees wants you to get the football, there's a very good chance you're actually going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, the other advantage is they're playing at home, and um, the Eagles had a lot of trouble with the home field crowd noise, um, getting plays off, calling audibles. They really disoriented them a bit. So I expect to see um, the Rams have a little bit of trouble with that. I also expect the, the Saints defense to come back out and be as aggressive and as tough as they were uh, on Jared Goff this time around because I don't think Jared Goff, Again, I wouldn't say he's an amazing quarterback, but he's a system quarterback. He plays well within the system. I agree. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen when he goes up against a secondary that's, you know, out there accounting for um, just the the weapons that he has as Arsenal. Robert Woods is probably going to be his leading receiver in this game just because he's a tried-and-true veteran. I'm I'm assuming Marshawn Lattimore is going to be covering Brandon Cooks just because he's he's fast. He's he's able to slip through uh, secondary coverage pretty quickly. And he can hurt you with just four pass plays. So I expect a Lattimore to spend most of the day covering him, and um, it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting, man. I'm I'm gonna say the Saints by a field goal, but uh, it, it, this is again this is my hardest call for the season because I, I fully expect the Saints to be accounting for the run game being you know the bread and butter for Sean McVay coming into this one. I'm agreeing with you. I'm also picking the Saints. I'm actually thinking that this game might be more dependent on defense than we think. Not that that defense is going to shine, but that I think defense is going to be the X factor here. I still think it's going to be high scoring. You know, I'm looking right now at the stats from their first meeting. In their first meeting, both quarterbacks threw for over 300 yards. Uh, Jared Goff threw three touchdowns. Drew Brees threw four touchdowns. Uh, I'm... I'm thinking that these offenses are still going to get theirs. You know, I think Drew Brees is still going to be able to air the ball out. I think it will probably still be more of an aerial attack than a run game attack. Um, And I think at the same time, the Rams are going to do the same thing. I actually don't think we're going to see as much running as we saw against the Cowboys. I think they're going to try to air it out more. The difference maker with this defense, though, is I actually think that the secondary for the Saints is better than the secondary for the Rams. You know, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters, those are flashy names, but all we've seen this season is that they're not playing nearly as well as they used to be. Yeah, it's been questionable. And so I'm seeing opportunities where Drew Brees is going to take advantage of them, where he's going to be able to, even if they are losing in the fourth quarter or if it is a close game where it's a field goal, I see him picking apart that that secondary and prevent defense getting down the field, neither kicking a game-tying field goal or throwing a game-winning touchdown. Whereas I don't see Jared Goff's ability to do that on the Saints' defense. Now, I'm not saying the Saints have an amazing secondary, but I am saying that I think the talent there is just a little bit better than the Rams. And I think when push comes to shove, you're going to see that Jared Goff will 
I don't think he's bad, but I think he's going to wilt a little bit under the pressure, whereas Drew Brees will not. And I, yeah, I mean, I aside from a, a Minnesota miracle like last year, I think the Saints can take this game. I, I like that angle. I think this really hinges at the end of the day on Jared Goff and whether or not we've seen the progression that we thought we saw. Because earlier in the season, I mean, again, this Rams offense was so well-oiled, it looked like they could do no wrong. And once they hit a few hiccups and bumps in the road, all of a sudden Jared Goff started to regress a little bit to the guy we saw, you know, back in his rookie and sophomore year. Right. Um, and I don't know, again, if that's a fluke or if it's, um, you know, maybe he has he has confidence issues when things just aren't, laid out so well in front of him, but he's got the offensive tool to be a problem. So I, I'm, I'm very curious to see. I, I think Marshall Latham was a stud. I think uh, we're looking at a potential Hall of Famer right now in terms of cornerbacks. And granted, he doesn't he doesn't put up the same kind of no- cover numbers that a Josh Norman or a Jalen Ramsey would put up. I mean, but in terms of all around, just uh, talking about a guy being there when the, the football is in the air, um, I, I I haven't seen anyone with that kind of talent just in a while. So I, I think uh, I'm ex- fully expecting the Saints secondary to show up for this one, including Eli Apple, who if we were going to pick someone who's going to be the kind of the runt of the litter, the guy to pick on, yeah. I expect the, the Rams to be game planning um, to get opportunities where, let's say, Brandon Cook gets um, crossed off in the secondary and gets matched up with him one-on-one. They're going to mm-hmm. try and take advantage of as many weaknesses as they can. Yeah. But I see the Saints coming out with this one at home field. I'm agreeing with you, man. I, I think it's going to be exciting. I'm definitely, you know, excited to see this matchup. Uh, I, you know, I think it it probably would have been better than, say, like a Saints-Cowboys or a Rams-Eagles all over again. I, I, I kind of feel like I want to see these two teams duke it out in the championship game, and, and that's what I got. I'm excited for this. I really am. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, the Rams are a good road team as well, but I mean, the Saints are six and two at home uh, in the regular season, so I, I expect them to, to keep this up. Now we got to switch to the AFC. The AFC games, you know, as I was saying, this past weekend, these games went to chalk. They weren't nearly as exciting as I wanted. I can't voice any more disappointment than I can for the Chargers losing to the Patriots. I, you and I cool. sat on this fucking podcast a week ago. And we said we were picking the Chargers. Why on earth did we ever think that we would bet against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady at home in Foxborough in a playoff game? They made the goddamn Chargers look like fucking fools. I mean, the coaching staff, when I saw them on on TV, on the sideline, they looked like they were disheveled. They looked like they were not ready. I mean, it really looked like they absolutely came out and just laid a fucking egg, had not done any preparation for the Patriots. And I mean... For a team that was as talented as the Chargers, that had so much momentum going for them, I mean, how else can you just completely go right out onto the field and fold like a cheap suit to the Patriots? I'm, I can listen. I can get more into the weeds, but you know, and I will. But I want to hear some of your thoughts about this game as well. I was absolutely stunned. Uh, I, obviously, I, I, and the only thing I pointed out from the last podcast was that I said the Patriots are eight and zero at home. However. I definitely did think the Chargers were going to come in here and had one of the best chances to steal a W of, uh, I mean, any team out of that AFC. Uh, their, their defense has played well all year, did not fucking show up in this game. Yeah. I mean, and just and at least in that first half, by the time the, the, the punching was done, the defense, uh, you could just see they were demoralized. Yeah, uh, I mean, they had those clips of Melvin Ingram sitting on the bench. I mean, it was just, 
they were so overwhelmed at that point, and we weren't even at halftime. I think the shock of it, just too, uh, just how how utterly just dominant, and I mean, there was no compromise. There were no no prisoners taken. That whole cutesy, you know, seven man defensive back um, arrangement that they had against the Ravens didn't mean absolutely anything. Bill though. Belichick was fucking laughing at that. It was just, it was just a, an AK forty seven shooting through loose leaf paper. I mean, there were so many holes in the defense that were just picked apart. Julian Edelman looked like goddamn Jesus. Dude, he looked like that. Jerry Rice. I mean, holy just, shit! It was there was nothing. There was no answer at all that they could just come up yeah, with. Yeah, and, and when you when you when you least are thinking about it, Gronkowski gets a first down. James White had 15 receptions. James I, I, White. It's, it's Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle ran for three touchdowns. It was it just it, the numbers. And, okay, we were saying this, and just mind you, can you think of a game, any other game this season, aside from one I could think of, where the Patriots put up this kind of offensive production in a game? Um, There's only one game. I mean, the only other I game know. I can think of where they poured this many points on was, I think, that game they played the Chiefs. Exactly. That's the only game was Kansas City, and that was because they had to answer the call. Otherwise, you're going to get blown out. I, I mean, I don't think we were wrong to make that prediction. I just think the Patriots came out here and punched all of us in the mouth for even. You know, and again, I, I think where we were coming from in terms of our bases were Tom Brady's not as young, he's not as mobile. He doesn't have as many good offensive weapons around him. Sonny Michelle hasn't really been healthy all season. That's correct. Um, there's a lot of things that were factored into that. Julian Edelman, granted, has been his solid, consistent self. James White kind of became an afterthought in those days when Sonny Michelle was playing full-time. Um, and really, Gronk has been a, sh- a ghost of his former self. He did nothing in this game either. No, no, he just had that one catch. So, I mean, the, the, the Patriots came in here with a very small tool set. They kept a solid two- or three-man uh, weapon rotation, and they told the Chargers, you're going to have to fucking beat us with these three guys. Um, and the Chargers could not answer the call. And the Patriots just came in here and, and punched him out before halftime. God. And they just barely got back on their feet in the, in the fourth quarter with garbage uh, touchdowns. I mean, I, I just... I, I Sometimes again, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words for how 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 the Patriots just do this again and again it's not and remarkable. again. They don't and, do anything remarkable. I think we're just bored. I think uh, not just you and I, as people commentating on this, but people who watch the Patriots. Yeah. We're, we're bored. It's not anything exciting. They don't do anything, you know, in terms of trick plays and, you know, fake punts and stuff like that. They're, they're not that kind of team. They beat you with bread and butter plays. They run the same three or four sets that are, you wouldn't want to say unbeatable, but they have the personnel to do it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so it, it, it's 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 a rarity that you see anything, I don't want to say original, but wildly creative come out of this New England um, playset. And I don't think you expect to see that going forward. I'm going to have to go back and watch that regular season game against the Chiefs just to see what they ran. I remember watching a game, but I don't remember uh, just how it, things unfolded. No, so, knowing Bill Belichick, yeah. he probably saved a whole bunch of stuff so that he wouldn't have to run it in that game because he's like, I might see you in the playoffs, and you know what? I'm going to want to surprise you with this. I mean, if we're going to talk about anyone who game plans as well as, you know, the best, it, there's no one who does a better job than Belichick. And if this beating that the Chargers took this weekend isn't a reminder to fair him, I don't know what else is. By the way, I'm looking at the stats of that game. Um, for the record, uh, 
the the Patriots were up 24-9 at the half, and then the Chiefs came all the way back and took the lead, and then it was a dogfight right. in the fourth quarter. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so, just it, I mean, listen. I think if anything, that tells you more about you know Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are not going down without a fight. No, I, this is going to be wildly, wildly. It's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Well, here let's let's unpack the Chiefs Colts game because that was another game that was kind of disappointing. That was that was like the Chargers game, like. I mean, it was all Chiefs the entire game. The Colts couldn't do anything. I mean, the first touchdown they had was essentially a special teams punt, blocked punt, and the rest of it was just three and outs and punts. And I mean, Andrew Luck and the Colts, this was another moment where as much excitement as there was after that wild card win against the Texans, everything just came back down to earth when they played a championship contender like the Chiefs. And... I mean, the Colts looked completely, they looked overwhelmed. They looked like they were being outclassed. I mean, again, it was another moment where it's like, oh, you guys had a great season, but it, this team is just so much better than you. Any thoughts yeah, on this it's, game? It's a reminder that the Colts have been darlings all season. It's really been kind of a Cinderella story where they weren't expected to be that good. And, um, you know, Frank Wright just came in and, and really made the best of a piecemeal team, you know, like not necessarily Marlon Mack was a Pro Bowl-esque running back. T.Y. Hilton's dealt with a lot of injuries this year. Dontrell mm-hmm. Edmonds been a cast-off yeah. from the Chargers. I mean, they just really, Eric Ebron, another cast-off, like we said before. I mean, there was no expectation that they were going to do anything this yeah. year. You know, you got a rookie linebacker um, as your, your star in defense. There just was a lot of things about this Colts team that it made you root for them because they really weren't expected to be here. And Kansas City comes out and reminds you why, hey, this is, you know, why we weren't expecting them to be here. Uh, you just saw a night and day difference in terms of what the the Colts could be one day as opposed to what they are now. And it, it, it was a little sobering, but uh, you know what? They had a great run, but they just – Andy Reid would not be denied. No, he won't. And there's such exciting stuff going on with that Chiefs offense. They just – they pulled out all the weaponry. You know, yeah. you, you really end up finding yourself not really missing Kareem Hunt. Damian Williams was able to get his. Travis Kelsey got some plays up the seam. Tariq uh, Hill made some gig- amazing plays down the field. And, you know, it was the same old story. They came in, took care of business, and now it's going to be Patriots-Chiefs. Yeah, Pat Mahomes didn't throw a single touchdown. I mean, everything was on the ground. And yeah. It was still dominant. Now, Listen, I'd like to dwell more on that game, but I mean, honestly, no offense to the Chiefs and the Colts fans, but I don't really know how much more there is to unpack in that game. Um, Let's talk about this Chiefs-Patriots game. So this is not the first time Andy Reid and Bill Belichick have met in the playoffs. Certainly not the first time the Chiefs and the Patriots have met in the last couple of years. But I am going to say it's the first time Patrick Mahomes is part of this equation. And I think it's the first time that this game has actually been played in Kansas City versus Foxborough which is a big deal. Give me some thoughts. Uh, I'm, first off, I'm going to go against the Patriots again. Okay. Not because I, I'm particularly spiteful of the Patriots, even though I usually am. I'm a Jets fan, so this happens. But I really do think, I, I, I really think that away from home, the, the Patriots are vulnerable. I, I think they're, they're, they were 3-5 and away from um, Gillette Stadium this year. Uh, the Chiefs are 7-1 at home. I still love this Chiefs team. Granted, the defense, people are praising the defense for showing up against Indianapolis. Okay, uh-huh. I'm not going to be that excited and 
<laughs> whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Give, slow your roll there. Let's not give them too much credit. Uh, all things considered, it's probably as easy a challenge as they're going to get in the playoffs in terms of playing defense. Yeah. Now you got to go up against Tom Brady, who uh, has, one, already carved you guys up in the season, um, and two, this is playoffs, so it's heightened. So I don't expect the Patriots to come in here and lay a goose egg. This is going to be a, a, a fight from beginning to end. I but agree. I expect Kansas City to come out with every friggin' weapon in the tool shed. Sammy Watkins is healthy now, too, as well. Yeah, I saw that. Is, uh, I mean, it's going to be big against this Patriots secondary. Having every weapon. Tyreek Hill is still no one's no one yet in the NFL uh, in defense has an answer for what Tyreek Hill can bring to you on the field. Um, I'm still waiting for someone to give me an answer on that one. And Damian Watkins, well, Damian Williams, excuse me, has been a nice revelation at the running back position because he can play, he can run and catch the ball out of the backfield much in the same way Kareem Hunt did. So they don't really miss a beat in terms of that offensive presence. So I, I like to choose a home in this one. You know, I got, I got, I I gotta pick the Patriots. I I okay. hate this. I hate this. I hate <laughs> that they are winning. I hate that they fucking stroll into the Super Bowl every fucking year. I mean, this would be essentially three straight years that they make the Super Bowl, even though they're not winning. That must be a fucking record to get to the Super Bowl that often. I mean, it's just frustrating because I think that I think the Chiefs have more talent. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to you know, really abuse the Patriots' uh, defense. I think that, you know, they're going to move the ball. I think that all of these things are going to be true, but I also think that Brady and Belichick are going to have a game plan that's going to abuse the Chiefs' defense. I think they're going to figure out ways to, to, to fluster Patrick Mahomes and get him to turn the ball over and make mistakes. And, I mean, the Patriots have just proved time and time again, even if they're if they're at home or they're on the road, they usually figure out what the weakness of their team of their opposing of their opponent is and they find a way to exploit it so much so that they can come out with a victory and i'm looking at this game where you know they, i'm looking at the stats for the game earlier this season where you know they beat the chiefs 43-40 and they did jump out to a 24-9 lead and the chiefs did have to scramble all the way back just to make it a game but yet even when they made it a game the patriots were able to fucking figure out some fourth quarter magic and steal that win I just, there's just been so much, so much evidence against Andy Reid, so much evidence against the Chiefs, so much evidence for the Patriots being able to make this magic happen when we least expect it. And I feel like last week's game against the Chargers was just another, just more proof of the fact that the Patriots are going to come in here and they're going to find a way to win. I really do believe that. I hate that I believe that, but I think that's how it's going to go down. I mean, I'm starting to think of like a couple of years ago when the Broncos beat the Patriots. I think it was like 20 to 12 in an AFC championship game. And even then I was sort of like, how the hell did they get away with beating this Patriots team? Right. Everything in my bones is telling me that this Chiefs team has the artillery, the firepower, the talent, the scheming, the everything to win this game. And I still think the Patriots are going to win. I got to go with the Patriots. Fucking well, Patriots. Look, you, you almost, and it's the first time I commend you, and this is the first time this season that we talk about football, where you almost make me want to reverse my pick. Um, you know and, what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, and and it goes, again, based on the history of evidence that when Tom Brady's, when Tom Brady's oppressed you with his winning for the last 15 years, it's very hard 
to look at the the opposition and saying that they've got a shot um, at winning. It's really hard to do it. He's just been so proven and so thorough that it's almost boring at this point um, to pick the Patriots to win anything. I completely, I totally think it's boring to pick the Patriots right now. I do not want to see them in the Super Bowl again. Mind you, it's not me accusing you or anything. It's just more of like, I, I get it. I completely get why you picked it. It just makes complete fucking sense. If anything, I sound like the crazy person here going with Kansas City. I don't think you are. I think you're... A second-year quarterback going against the greatest quarterback of all time with a, a head coach in Andy Reid who has a history of losing in the playoffs versus Bill Belichick who is, I mean... If they started carving the mountain now, never mind anyone else who's come before him. Belichick's probably go got to go up there first. Yeah, you know, never mind everyone else who's who's done it before him. So it's again, I get it, but I think part of it for me is my brain, my lizard brain has has said no enough. And I I would just want the Patriots to lose just because I want. Uh, fresh blood in in terms of this playoff pool. Oh my god! It would it would dude. It would be so refreshing for the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl. They've played so well over the last couple of years. They really fucking deserve it. I'm a I'm a I'm a I want other teams in the Super Bowl. I want other teams to be getting there. I want other teams to get the opportunity. And listen, it would be really exciting to see a Saints Chiefs Super Bowl. I mean, come on, and that would be great. Two of the At greatest point, quarterbacks in the league right now are essentially both MVP candidates. You know what wouldn't be as exciting? The fucking Saints and the Patriots. I've seen that yeah. game already. Yeah. I, I, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? Tom Brady's going to win this goddamn thing again. Just let him have it so he decides to abruptly retire. Oh, my God. Patriots in, in disarray. That would be more interesting than anything else that could happen. Dude, it's another indictment of like, you know, I guess trading Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a terrible idea. You know, no. he's got a torn ACL, and here we are. Tom Brady's, you know, just one more game away from a Super Bowl again. It's ridiculous. And, you know, and the funny thing is, as bored as we say we are with the Patriots Super Bowl, in all likelihood, anyone else goes into this uh, Super Bowl matchup and the Patriots aren't there, the ratings are probably going to go down because of it. Yeah. I, you it's know, crazy. you are absolutely right. And, crazy. I, and it frustrates me that I can't argue. You're totally right, when, man. With so much talent, with so much, when you look at the other three teams away from the Patriots, th- literally we have the best four teams are in position. Like every every analyst in football out there should be getting down on his knees and thanking the football guys because the four teams that you predicted to be here are still here. Yeah. They're all they've 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 passed every test. All the rosters, all the assessments we've made have lived up to, you know, the measure. They're all here. And we're still looking at the Patriots like, God damn it, these guys might come out here and just beat everyone anyway. You know? So it's it, it's crazy. <sighs> All right. Well, I mean, that's it. That's that's the preview of these conference championship games. I'm excited to watch them. Um, you know, they're the matchups that I think we've been hoping for all season, and yeah. we're getting them. We're gonna get them. I although you know, listen, if I was a Patriots fan, I'd have a different tune right now. But I just I'm sort of dreading the fact that the Patriots are just gonna do this all over again. And hopefully, that's not the case. It's feeling like it, but you know what? I- Kansas City pulls this one out. I don't care what else happens. It's going to be a fun Super Bowl. Amen. Oh my God. I would. It would just. It would. I would be overjoyed if Kansas yeah. City pulled out this victory. 
All right, that's it. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody, to Sam Sports Podcast. Um, we're going to get out of here, get ready for these games for this weekend. Uh, you can subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones, or you can always email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com if you got any questions for me and Shaka. But... We're going to get out of here. We're going to watch these games this weekend. Some of the best games of the entire season. See who's going to get to the Super Bowl. Get ourselves all buttered up for the Super Bowl, too. There'll be plenty of time to chat about that. But in the meantime, enjoy yourselves. Be safe. And uh, we will see you next week. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Actually, I got one more thing I want to add. Go ahead, man. Drop it. Adam Gacy, hired as the Jets head coach, Mm -hmm. has has a weird press conference with the googly eyes. Is now um, they've announced that Greg Williams is not going to be the defensive coordinator for the Jets. What? It's be very yeah, because Adam Gacy, unlike in Miami where he had full creative control over the team, now does not have that. It's going to be focused on the offense. Greg Williams potentially is going to be focused on the defense. This is going to be a very fucking awkward year. Wait, wait. Jets. So is Greg Williams hired or not? He's going to be hired. He's going to be the defensive coordinator. It's official. So he's going to be the defensive coordinator. Yes, oh. and Gacy's already said that you know he's. He would prefer to have someone else handle the defense, and he's okay with it. Granted, though, <clears throat> something I did not bring up before that I only found out recently um, is Adam Gacy's father-in-law, who's also a coach, um, was a coach in New Orleans when Greg Williams was in New Orleans during Bounty Gate. For oh, the really? And his, Adam Gacy's father-in-law testified against Greg Williams in that Bounty Gate for NFL. So it's very, very awkward. This is like, I mean, I don't think, and I think his father-in-law still um, in works as a VP uh, for the Miami Dolphins. I don't think he's coming with him to New York, but we'll wait and see. I mean, just just talk about, <sighs> just talk about the the, the, the scandal. This is why are we already starting off this way with this new with this new Jets coaching staff? Why the season's not even over? We're not even at the Super Bowl yet, and I'm already looking at the Jets like, what is going on? Why? God, he better be good. He better be good. What the fuck? Why are we even doing this? Boring Todd Bowles is good. People are going to be wishing he came back. I mean, in terms of just the boredom and the the, 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 the blank press conferences that he would offer. So, oh my that's it. God. That was my two cents I had to throw in. I completely forgot about it until this moment. No, that's okay. Listen, we we have not spoken about your Jets in a couple of weeks because sadly they're not in the playoffs. But, I mean, the drama does not stop. Hopefully we don't have to talk about them again for a good long while, but we'll see what happens. No, no. We'll figure out opportunities to talk about them. I like talking about them. There'll be plenty of drama to come along with it. And we're going to be talking about the Eagles and whether or not Foles is coming back next season. There's plenty of Ooh. shit to talk about. Oh, that's good. That's going to be very, very very interesting definitely all right we're out of here enjoy the games this weekend we'll see you next week guys bye-bye bye guys